Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. What's going on, FE Nation? Happy Wednesday. Happy Thursday. What day is it, Matt? Thursday? It's Thursday. It's Thursday. It's a new day uh, every day, and it's the day before Friday, the day after Wednesday, and this is the newest edition of the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am your host today, James Grande, joined by Matt Sells, um, Colby Conway on another vacation. I don't know how his job keeps approving these vacations, Matt, um, but the guy has more vacations than anyone I've ever met. Um, but Matt, you, on the other hand, always note head to the ground grindstone what is what is the phrase there head to the nose to the grindstone uh nose to the grindstone always in your chair same my my butt at this point is glued to my computer chair um you know the hour at lunch spent at my desk uh i'm i have a toilet next i'm just kidding uh matt what's going on dude how are you happy thursday what's going on i am good uh i'm good we're constantly monitoring the flow of injuries that are happening here for MLB of which there are a boatload um and some of them are coming out of the blue um like dudes look fine and then three days later they're shelled so uh we've got that by the way if you all checked out my prospect report that came out on fantasy alarm on Wednesday I talked about Taj Bradley had a pretty good showing Wednesday he'll be back up I'm sure of it uh almost included Nolan Jones as an up-and-coming prospect uh, but didn't see a clear path to playing time. The Rockies called him up. Still don't think he's got a clear path to playing time. Also, I don't think he's going to hit that well. Um, <laughs> so we'll talk mm. about a few more guys. But, yeah, so I've been busy with the prospects and the injuries and all that good stuff. Um, happy baseball season. Two weeks in, and we've already got the Sheffield lineups. The Sheffield lineups is correct. And, and you were just – I mean, you led there with the injuries, so let's hop yes. right into it. Uh, literally as we were hitting record and as you and I were doing our little preamble before the show, uh, I get a notification on Twitter that Jeffrey Springs raised uh, fourth ace because we, you know, apparently they're all there. Every <laughs> pitcher they have, they all, have, you know, they're just, every pitcher is an ace in their own regard. And maybe their best overall pitcher doesn't even pitch for them uh, anymore. Like he's, he's always hurt. Tyler Glass now. Now they're here nor there. Uh, Jeffrey Springs, who was at five strikeouts through inning, uh, through three innings today, threw a, I think a warm up pitch. And if it wasn't a warm up pitch, it was a pitch in the fourth inning and immediately looked towards his forearm. It was an, okay. 
So it was an 0-2. He threw the second pitch um, to Justin Turner, and he immediately felt something. Uh, the video looks like he's looking towards his forearm. There's some Twitter doctors out there uh, saying that it's a hand or a wrist. But again, Twitter doctors, right? Like, we, there's nothing official. If Man, it is a came out of the game, so he had literally just come out of the game. If it is, let's just play hypothetical here. Worst case scenario is if it's a forearm or an elbow, right? Worst case scenario is Tommy John. Yes, um, I mean, well, when you start looking, when you start looking, but if I don't you watch Tommy John, it doesn't look like it could be anything. No. We just found out, but it is worth yeah. monitoring. It's a it's a fluid situation that we don't know much of. He could make his next start five days from now for all that we know, but right. it is worth monitoring. Um, he has been dominant. I know uh, he has been a top of the prop world, Matt. He has been top of the seasonal fantasy baseball world with his strikeout upside. I was unsure why Jeffrey Springs wasn't going higher in many drafts this year, um, considering his strikeout equity last year. But again, uh, looks like a situation we're just going to have to find more about. Um, Correct. And that's really all we can say about it as of now. So let's shift our attention to another injury, one that um, really hurt. And this is the Rangers star shortstop, Corey Seager, who had just started raking uh, in the first two games of that Kansas City series. And everything suggested Corey Seager was just getting unlucky. Uh, his expected batting average was like 40 points lower. His expected slug was like 50 points lower than it was. Then he homers. Then the next day, he's two for two with a walk, and then the injury comes. Um, it is officially listed as a grade two hamstring strain. Matt, what's your uh, worry level on Corey Seager if you're a fantasy owner right now? So the timeline for it is about a month, according to uh, you know normally what that diagnosis comes with. Again, a grade two hamstring strain. So my immediate concern is it's a soft tissue injury, and those tend to linger. Um, especially for middle infielders who are going left and right and, you know, got to cover basically the most amount of ground in the infield. Um, not that Seager really stole a lot of bags, um, but this would definitely hamper, excuse the, the pun with hamstring, uh, his, <laughs> his tendency to run um, when he does come back. Now, is it Likely a month? Yeah, probably. I don't see any reason why it would be longer than that unless he's slower to heal or whatnot. But what you don't want is you don't want the Rangers getting ahead of themselves and putting him back in a little sooner than they should. Now, I don't think they will because they owe the dude a lot of money, so they want him on the field to be winning the money rather than in the dugout. Um, but the other problem is it's shortstop. And as deep as we were all talking about how shortstop was at the beginning of the year, two weeks into the season, it's pretty dry. Like there's yes. a lot of there's a lot of you know iffiness in the shortstop position at this point, especially with another guy we're about to talk about in the injuries too. So for fantasy, you're gonna have to grin and bear it. You're not dropping the guy. It's a month, right? He'll be back at the end of May at the latest. Um so you just got to grin and bear it and know you're not going to replace his uh, production on the waiver wire. I did see Josh H. Smith was playing shortstop and I think hitting second the other night. Hitting, hitting second on Wednesday, yep. So that's a little unfortunate, but it's also unfortunate <laughs> for uh, Marcus Simeon, who Correct. now loses protection in the lineup 
and so there's a little bit less run production coming from Simeon, who may try to push, and then the average is going to fall because that's what happens when dudes push. So no interest in Josh Josh H Smith. No, I mean you got to be real desperate to go yeah. <laughs> to go get yourself. I mean there's some there's some guys still on the waiver wire that we're going to talk about too coming up yep. in the uh, ad drop Ooh, second. Good tease right there, Matt. Good um, tease. Who could qualify? So, you know, you could you could look at some of those guys more than Josh Smith who I don't think he's going to stick at hitting second for very long. No, that was going to actually be my point. I think um they probably because you also think they also the the Rangers also lost Mitch Garver recently too. So two yeah. of their top 6 hitters are now on the injured list. I can see a scenario where Adolis is hitting second or Nathaniel Lowe is hitting second or just everyone is shifted up one. Like yeah. just whoever they have just shift up one. Um that remains to be seen if they continue to hit Josh H Smith second. Um, still not a lot of interest, but uh, I mean, it's basically what the Astros did without Altuve in the lineup. They've shifted everybody up one and stuck right. uh, a guy we're going to talk about towards the bottom of the lineup. Uh, another injury we have another high profile name, Milwaukee Brewer starter Brandon Woodruff. He is headed to the IL. Uh, he's already there, retroactive to April 8th. So that's five days ago. We saw Jansen Junk come up in his uh, place, make a start, and he was terrible, as you know, as we figured he would be. Twenty-seven-year-old um, journeyman. Uh, but what do you make of Woodruff's um, IL stint? I mean, this is. I mean, it's interesting because he looked fine on in Friday's start. Yep, he sure did. Right, he went like a full start. Didn't see well. Eighty-four team. pitches. Eighty-four pitches is interesting, right? That's, That's like a full start for him, though, because yeah. the. Brewers overmanage their, you know, they micromanage the bejesus out of their pitching staff. So um, that's basically a full start for him. It's almost a full start for basically any starter at this point with the way, you know, baseball's managing their starters. But there was no signs of discomfort. His pitches looked fine. There was no drop in velocity, no control issue, right? And then he winds up on the I.L. with right shoulder um soreness or inflammation or however you want to describe it um now the good news is they expected to be kind of a minimum stay which is good because obviously you're going to want your fantasy ace back in your rotations um but just be concerned that it may linger it may linger right and if you're in a keeper league do you have to have this in the back of your mind for next year because remember carlos rodon dealt with this supposedly in San Francisco last year and pitched through it and didn't have a problem. And now he's still not on the mound for the Yankees. And well, he's on like, the, he's on a mound. He's not on well, the, he's not on the, okay. But now he's also dealing with something else in his way <laughs> to come back. So, so for this year, I'm not all that concerned about it. Um, but if it does lead to him changing the way he's pitching to avoid some pain, it may bring some concern for numbers. Nothing, nothing here for Milwaukee to like add for our fantasy teams, right? Like we're not. No, I mean they're gonna the they're gonna spot start the bejesus out of things. Yeah, right? they're like, gonna. It's yeah, a band aid. and junk is not gonna be in the rotation, even if he was. Don't pick him up. His last was, name tells you what he is. Yeah. Um, sorry to be mean for the guy, but he couldn't even stick with the Angels, who need all the pitching help that they can yeah. possibly get right now. He he was that band aid Matt that like you put on, and then just it 
it's like the it's like the off-brand band-aid like it's not band-aid it's whatever right. they're okay and it's they the just great falls value off. Brand. like yes yeah, the great yeah. value brand of band-aid just <laughs> falls off immediately um exactly yes uh another pretty high profile name here um someone who actually has dealt with a lot of injuries in the past few years and that's um outspoken um tim anderson and i in not a bad way either outspoken in in i think a, a very refreshing way to major league baseball uh he is now down for uh what seemingly is going to be two weeks with a knee sprain um but again generally we don't think much of knee sprains as like long-term impact but tim anderson played 79 games last year he only played 123 games the year before we had COVID in 2020, 2019, 120 games. He is not exactly playing 150 games a year. Correct. Is this a little more concerning to you considering his injury-prone style of baseball? I mean, it is because it fits the pattern. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I'm not going to go so far as to call him Byron Buxton, who's, like, never played 100 games in a season, right? Right, um, right. But it is a thing we got to con- be worried about with the White Sox here, right? We're talking about the core. We're talking about, like, Eloy has been on the shelf. He's going to be out for two to four weeks. You got Tim Anderson on the shelf. Yoel Moncada is injured, but not injured, but not playing, but not on the <laughs> IL, right? Um, and so who knows? Like, they, they seemingly can't stay healthy with this core that they've built around that was supposed to take them places that, hasn't so i am a bit concerned that there is another stint coming just given the pattern that uh he's shown but when he's on the field you gotta play him i mean he helps in every category so it's one of those things where you gotta bite the bullet and play him but you just gotta you know have a little bit of a a cushion for when he does happen to go down yeah and there's nothing to add there for anderson or the white Sox. i fully agree and again you, you mentioned it when we were talking um, about Corey Seager, it's a stale position. Like yep. there's, you know what, you're biting the bullet, you're mixing and matching your shortstops on the waiver wire. If you don't have another shortstop eligible player on your roster, and then you can't wait until Tim Anderson returns. So <laughs> um, you're kind of just dealing with it there. Uh, someone is dealing with multiple injuries right now is Carlos Rodon. The left-hander was supposed to throw live BP. He is dealing with back tightness. Manager Aaron Boone did say that there was, it was only going to be pushed back a day. So he is expected to throw his bullpen on Thursday. Um, and then if that goes well, throw two live batters on Friday. There is no official announcement on when a rehab assignment would be. If both of those things prior go well, I guess let me ask you, we'll ask, I'll ask it both ways. Okay. Let's say first, let's say both scenarios. He throws on Thursday. It goes well. He throws live on Friday. It goes well. What's your expectation for a rehab assignment? If it doesn't go well and the back or the arm or both are barking, is this leading us down a dark, dark path of maybe not seeing Carlos Rodon, um, at all this year well i think we got a few steps uh before we get to right. that point 
Um, you know, to paraphrase a West Wing comment, nuclear meltdowns when 12 things go wrong. I've only seen six, right? <laughs> so, like, we're not <laughs> there's several steps to go before we go to before the nuke, oh, before the nuke, yeah, right? Before Rodon not pitching at all. Now, granted, those of you who hate the Yankees probably want to see that happen, but right. they want to see um, anyone who hates the Yankees wants to see the world burn, correct? Um, so. Here's the thing. If they go well, I think he starts a rehab assignment probably within a week and they're going to slow roll it, right? There's going to, it's going to be a reasonably long rehab assignment. Cause remember he got basically no innings in spring training, like none. So he's starting from ground zero. I know bad turn of phrase when speaking about New York, but he's starting from zero in terms of innings and you want him to be the number two, so right. you got to get him up to at least six innings, if not more, to go save that now withering bullpen too. Um, so if it's good, I think he's on track for what was it? Late May is when they yep. basically expected him back. I think if either one don't go at any point, like if if they're not good, you got to start adding a week or more on to, you know, worst case scenario is they don't go well. And then they say, well, we're shutting him down for another two weeks. And then we have to restart the whole process that it took him this long to get to. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Look, we can't, look, we can wish that it goes well. Hope it goes well. I don't want to root for dudes to be injured, obviously. Um, but we'll see. I think we're still looking at May if everything goes well, like late May. Oh, the Yankees just need him to pitch two innings at this point. <laughs> the Yankees need anybody that an able body. They need able bodies on the mound they're, right now. They're so. this close to having like an open tryout from the stands. Actually, actually. Anybody who throw any of the bleacher creatures who throws the ball back and reaches second base probably gets a contract at this point. Who is the next Vince Papali? Find out. <laughs> yeah. Find exactly. out. Find out next next week. Um, yeah. So hopefully we get more word um, on Thursday and Friday about Carlos Rodon's status on the mound and how he comes out of everything. Um, Someone who is currently actively taking BP and could even be switching positions, and that all seems to be the most likely scenario, is Bryce Harper, comma, first baseman. Uh, yes, that is right. Bryce Harper taking live BP and is preparing to return as the Philadelphia Phillies first baseman, which honestly makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, the Phillies have now lost two first basemen this year. Reese Hoskins for the year. Derek Hall, the, uh, you know, kind of breakout at times last year. Got, uh, he is out for an extended period of time. So Harper's going to return. He was originally anticipated his return as just the DH. Um, but because of the need, you know, get Alec Bohm back to his natural position at third. What do we make of Bryce Harper returning as a first baseman? Matt, this could open up a monster door in fantasy yes. if Bryce Harper, because Bryce Harper has outfield eligibility. Correct. Bryce Harper's not losing that outfield eligibility anytime soon. Nope. But he's going to gain first base eligibility. Bryce Harper could end up being, if he's obviously on the waiver wire, which if you have short benches, could be possible, right? If there is, if you're in a in a right. criminal league that Bryce Harper, there's no IL spots or you have short benches, like Bryce Harper's probably available. But if cool. you drafted Bryce Harper, 
the value of that draft pick could be oh so sweet come any anytime any soon you know yes. uh, what do you make of Bryce Harper and his return and and becoming a first baseman I mean it makes a lot of sense like you know here's the concern when he comes back he's not going to be able to really throw it for for a while right that's why he was DHing in the second half of last year because he could swing a bat, couldn't throw. That's basically still the case when he comes back from Tommy John is they need a ramp-up period where he's just swinging and not throwing. What do you not have to do, generally speaking, at first base? You don't really have to throw that often. I mean, yes, if you're throwing to home or if you start a double play, sure. But you're talking about throwing in a max of 90 feet. Right. Right? In the outfield – that guy's trying to cannon people out from the from the right field corner all the way to third base. That's like a 300-foot throw. Right. Right? So there's a huge difference between throwing as hard as you can for 300 feet versus throwing just fast enough to get a guy running at not top speed for 90 feet. Right? So it gets his bat in the lineup. The other thing it does is it doesn't clog up the DH spot because if you put him at DH, then you're forcing somebody else to go have to play the field who may not be a guy you want in the field all the time, right? Um, Because they have a guy named Nick Castellanos who's not exactly the best defensive right fielder. Um, So I think it makes a lot of sense. And does it change his timeline to get on the field? No, I don't think so. He took, you know, live batting practice at, citizens bank park like four or five days ago at this point right so he should be starting a rehab assignment relatively soon i don't think the timeline changes much if anything it might improve at this point so yeah i now going into next year if he does not play outfield this year going into next year he would only qualify at first base if they keep playing him there right right so this year, he would be outfield first base. Going into next year, you would almost assume that he would lose the outfield because he hasn't played. But that still makes him a huge value because first base is very weak. <laughs> Matt, we have an update live on oh, Jeffrey Springs. Springs. Okay. So they are reporting per Trisha Whitaker of Bally Sports, Florida. Who is um, the sideline reporter for the Rays broadcast. Yes, so she is reporting that he left today's game with a left arm ulnar neuritis. And well, Will Middlebrooks was correct. In, in, so if for all those, uh, I just Googled what is ulnar neuritis just to have the correct, exactly correct. It is inflammation of the ulnar nerve in the arm that results in numbness or weakness in the hand. Okay, so, so it's Will Middlebrooks the, funny, the funny bone, essentially. Yes. Um, basically, so he probably had trouble gripping the ball. It's like if your hand is asleep and then you try to grip something, right? Except this is a major league baseball pitcher trying to throw a ball 98 miles an hour and control it. So he doesn't hit people in the face. Like some other dudes have done to like, I don't know, Kyle Farmer. Um, so props to Will Middlebrooks, who is the Nesson analyst who tweeted out, said, could be ulnar nerve looked like he was tingling couldn't grip stuff so if that's the case you just gotta let it go away unless it's a pinched nerve and then they're gonna do a procedure to unpinch it but this is probably one of the best case scenarios he may wind up on the il just to let it pass 
But if it passes on its own, he could be out there next start. We'll have to wait and see, but there's almost zero reason to think that he's going to miss more than maybe a couple of starts. Yeah, this was definitely a great sign. Um, and uh, yeah, so we'll we'll find out more about what his future looks like. Um, but it looks like everything is going to be a okay with Jeffrey Springs after that scare. Um, let's dive into a different topic here, Matt. Let's go into some waiver wire talk. Let's go into some ad drops here for the week. Um, the week, the rest of the week, if you play in daily pickups, um, daily ad drops for next week, if you're in a weekly in weekly leagues, uh, let's talk about some ads and whether you believe they're ads or uh, worth being added. Okay. Uh, I'll give, I'll group a couple, we'll group a couple of these guys together. Um, I'll start in the outfield and we'll go with Jonathan Daza of the Colorado Rockies, Trace Thompson of the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers and Leo, Leo Tavares of the Texas Rangers. Um, how would you rank those three outfielders in terms of priority? Um, and like, give me your like barometer. Cause like all three are viable, but like, give me your barometer on like what formats you would add them in. Cause I think like for me, Daza would probably be a much deeper uh, pickup, yeah. especially with the, you know, add of Nolan Jones who can play in field outfield and, um, you know, could potentially take at bats from Daza, especially as this team gets a little healthier. Um, give me your like breakdown of those three outfielders in terms of priority and what kind of formats you'd be looking at. Yeah. So if you need a little bit of everything, I would go Leo Di Tavares. Um, when healthy, I think coming into the year, he was most folks saw him as a 15 20, maybe a 20 20 guy coming in. Uh, he did not get off to the best start, I will be honest with you. In the first game back, he struck out three times, which is not great. Um, but he should be the starting full-time center fielder for the Rangers, who, yes, just lost a big bat in Corey Seager. Unfortunate, but there's still enough offense around him to, you know, he doesn't have to he doesn't have to push it. So if you need a little bit of everything, I would go Leody Tavares. If you want a guy who has some decent pop may not steal all that many bags, should make decent contact. Trace Thompson, look, he's off to a great start. He's hitting like 317 with four homers and 11 RBI so far. There's really zero reason why Dave Roberts is going to take him out of the lineup. He's playing a very good center field for them. Um, you know, I know that they like to mix and match in their lineups, but to be honest, Trace Thompson is the guy that, doesn't seem to be being mixed and matched for um, as good as James Outman has been. Trace Thompson has still been in the lineup just as much. Um, and then Daza for me is a deep league. Like if you need help, you need a starting outfielder who's available and in a deep league. Daza's perfectly fine. Look, he plays in cores for his home games. He's been hitting very nicely. He's in the two nineties for batting average. Um, the offense is going to be streaky. There's no doubt about it. He's not hitting as high in the lineups as some of the other guys, and that's how I break those down. Um, I agree. I I am not as bullish, I think, on Daza as you. I I'm a little There's different more because... marks about him, but right now I think he's worth at least a, a streaming ad. I mean, sure. he's playing and he's doing well. Sure. Um, I can get behind that. Let's focus on some infielders. Um, 
Nolan Gorman of the St. Louis Cardinals has looked very sharp. Granted, just played a series in Coors Field uh, to aid those stats, but nonetheless has been consistent in the lineup. And Mauricio Dubois of the Houston Astros has filled in quite nicely with uh, Jose Altuve out. Where's your? What's your barometer on those two? Gorman is I in they're both kind of interesting, right? Because yeah. we know at some point Jose Altuve is going to return. Correct. What does that do to Dubois? We know that Lars Newbar is on his his, you know his. Yeah, he's starting a rehab assignment. Yes, his rehab assignment. The Cardinals already have twenty-seven different position players that like you can make a case for playing one hundred fifty games, and they don't all do it. Like. Brendan Donovan has been in the lineup, but we've seen him sit. We've seen Tyler O'Neill get into altercation with his coach, and we've seen him sit. Uh, Alec Burleson is hitting second for them right now uh, against right-handed pitchers. Nolan Gorman can play three different positions. Like, what is your take on both these guys? Because, like, as of right now, there's plenty of playing time. But, like, long-term, could you see a scenario where they're just ads for for the immediate or let me ask you, let me phrase it like this who has better long-term value and who is the better immediate pickup and they both could be this and that could be the same guy if you believe that they're the same guy i think it might be the same guy i think it might be nolan gorman for the same i agree for the same one a Nolan Gorman has more has multi-position eligibility. Dubon is second base, right? Now, is he playing a very good second base? Sure, but let's say you lost Corey Seager. Dubon, unless you can move the guy from middle infield to short, Dubon doesn't really help you um, with that. Nolan Gorman can fill in a bunch of different spots. So on I, ESPN, yes, he is only second base eligible. For Nolan so that is that is ESPN specific. Yep, for ESPN specific leagues. Okay, um, I mean, fair enough. He is only second base now. That could definitely change. Obviously, he could. He's going to probably fill in a bunch of different spots. Yeah, um, but I do think going forward, when Jose Altuve is back, Dubon's not getting correct. Any, I mean, he's going to be on spot duty, right? Anytime Agreed. Altuve needs a day off put in Dubon, but that might be like getting the backup catcher for any normal team, not right. named the Braves. Right. Right. Um, Gorman can play a few different spots. He can play in the outfield, which yes, is a cluster of massive proportions in St. Louis at the moment. Uh, but he can also play middle infield in case Brendan Donovan ever cools off or they move Donovan to another place and you can put Gorman in second. So like there's a few different, spots plus i think they need the power threat in that lineup that gorman has to you know to help them yes they have decent pop but like an instant game tying bat outside of goldschmidt and arenado i think it's a little tougher to find agreed um i also would go nolan gorman on both those questions uh but dubon if gorman who is 27 percent owned in espn leagues is not available and he most likely won't in a lot of sharp leagues. I mean, that's again, just ESPN. A lot of those are, you know, very friendly. A lot of those are like going to check half the time and not ever make roster moves, you know, like how that's just 
Mauricio Dubon is a perfectly good alternative for the time being. And right, because we also don't have a verified time frame for Altuve returning. Right. Like he was back hugging his teammates a couple days ago, but they also didn't state when he was going out on a rehab assignment. They didn't state that he was taking live BP. They didn't even state that he was swinging against a ball on a tee. Right. right. They just said, yeah, he could move his thumb. Okay. Congrats. He's back to the human condition. But right. like <laughs> that doesn't give us a timeline. So it's not saying Altuve is imminent. It's just saying that at some point Altuve is coming back and Dubon has a hard stop for playing time at that point. Sure. And uh, right now, Dubon, just for for context, he has never been this good at the plate. And it's going to be hard pressed to like imagine him staying this hot. If he I'm, was, the two prior teams that had him would not have let him go. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But what I, where I was getting at is the expected numbers, Matt, 361 average, expected batting average, 360. 444 slug, expected slug, 450. So he's hitting it where they're not is what you're is what you're saying. I mean, yes, he has definitely fared well. Uh, his BABIP is 371. That is obviously there is regression coming. But, you know, maybe Mauricio Dubon is the biggest shift fan of all time. Um, Corey Seager? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man, you're probably not crazy. Um, let's head on over um, to a different portion of this ad drop section, and that is the drop, and whether we are going to be dropping these guys or not. And before we started this, Matt and I started to talk about a specific player, probably the most debated player in fantasy baseball right now, um, and most people are going to be on Matt's side on this. And that is with dropping Chris sale. If you are in a, if you are in a position of roster ship with Chris sale, I am taking the other side on this, Matt. So why don't you start? And then I'll follow up with why I believe Chris sale is someone that we should be retaining unless like, you absolutely have no choice other than like dropping Chris Sale because you need to add player in favor of Corey Seager or Tim Anderson or someone that you've recently lost. So let's start with this. Which is higher, is ERA or is K per nine? Because they're, they're, they're pretty close. <laughs> they are. They are. They are His very close. Is twice as high as at any point in his entire major league career. And yes, it's a no small doubt. sample size, but even going back to the 23 innings he pitched as a rookie for the White Sox, he still had a way smaller walks per nine rate. And yes, I know no, that's a little correct. flawed, but whatever. He's walking like everybody. I could go up there right now and take four pitches from Chris Sale and be on first base. <laughs> okay. He's also, when he's not walking people, he's getting lit up like the homers are just <laughs> i mean come on we tell people that we've literally built our entire dfs package on telling people to target starters going against the detroit tigers offense right because they that strike out sure sales struck out seven of them he also got lit up he gave up a ton of runs did not get a win uh he's just yes could he be rusty Sure, but I don't have time for him to figure that rust out because here's the other problem. His offense isn't helping him win games. That offense is god-awful right now. I'm sorry, Red Sox fans, it gives me no joy to say this, but your offense is 
yes, when you had Adam Duvall out there in center field, sure. His league leading 1522 OPS or whatever it was was insane. One bat does not make an offense. Y'all are playing Bobby Dahlbeck at shortstop right now. Like, is, come on. You're not getting any wins from him. Um I I just don't I just don't have that. There are enough guys out there who strike out dudes who have a better ERA and better walk rate and better shot at winning than Chris Sale. Yes. Has he been broken for three years? Sure. But there's always the case that he breaks again because it's Chris Sale and he's 34. And maybe, just maybe, his arm is just done because the way he throws a baseball is not natural. Okay. I can't really refute anything you just said. So let me start off. That's how you debate. Let me start let me start off by saying I can't sit here and say that you're wrong on any front. Because you're not. He does have an eleven ERA. Um, he does have a five point two five walk per nine. He has allowed three point seven five home runs per nine. All three of those numbers are <laughs> they're not good. Atrocious. They are not atrocious. They're not just it's not <laughs> yeah, not great, Bob. Not great. Um it's worse than that. Like, um, but that's surface level. Those are surface numbers, right? The, the home runs are the home runs. That is for sure. The ERA and the BABIP are where I get a little bit, I'm a little interested to see how it shakes out. So we're talking about a guy who has suffered a 406 batting average on balls in play, which Maybe that number skyrockets this year just simply based on the shift being gone, and that's just kind of how things start trending for a lot of different pitchers. Where or Bobby Dahlbeck playing short, or Bobby <laughs> Dahlbeck playing short, people out of position, and yes, uh, there's there's a lot of factors there that like could be leading to Chris Sale's BABIP and and potentially others uh, being sky high. Then you look at the XFIP, which is fielded fielding independent pitching independent of pitching um expected xfip 388 okay significantly lower than his 11 era suggests yeah you then look at the sierra skill interactive era that's what sierra stands for 394 sierra which is also significantly lower than his expected or his earned run average is not expected than it is the velocity is still there for Chris Sale. He's averaged 93 miles per hour in his fastball. Um, in 19 and 21, he averaged 93.2, 93.6. So there's not been a significant drop-off in velocity. Like last year, in the smallest possible sample size, his 94.5 mile per hour fastball was the second highest mark of his career um, since his days and his rookie year, right? So there's no real drop-off in velocity for Chris Sale either. The thing that he's doing less of is throwing the slider and he's doing less of the changeup and he's throwing more fastballs. And we have learned through different factions of the MLB, most notably Josiah Gray lately, that sometimes the fastball is just not the answer. So if we see Chris Sale scale it back a little bit there, I can see some positive regression. Um, I obviously like the peripheral numbers suggesting that he's been a little unlucky. And he does have a 14.25K rate, despite all this. He is missing bats, he is walking people, and he is giving up home runs, right? That is one of those three well, things. he's that, the three true outcome pitcher. 
He is Joey Gallo in pitcher form. That is Joey Gallo in pitcher form. Okay, but we've been telling people for years not to draft Joey Gallo, so. But <laughs> Joey Gallo, I, I, I'm not I, – again, you're not wrong. But Chris Sale, the, the, the Joey Gallo version of Chris Sale was also like Aaron Judge at one point in his career. And, yes, there's been a boatload of injuries prior to that. But Chris Sale was extremely dominant for seven consecutive years. And, I, I mean, and he so could, was Madison Bumgarner, and now he can't correct. get anybody out. But Madison Bumgarner, when he fell off, he didn't miss bats. And I know Chris Sale is allowing home runs, but he is missing a whole lot of bats. I'm just saying. Okay, but seven of those came against the Tigers, who everybody strikes out. Look. Literally a dude with four strikeouts this year. All four have come against the Tigers. Like, they don't hit. If you are in a position that you can hold on to Chris Sale for a few more starts, while a guy who's made 14 starts since the year 2019 is figuring it out, I think that could end up being... A reasonable approach. I also think Chris Sale is someone who is going to be dropped a lot, no doubt, is someone that you could take a flyer on at some point. Um, now, also, like, doesn't pitch in the best division, no. but he pitches in a division where there's a, a lot of teams that strike out at a pretty high clip in the American League East. Uh, the Yankees are striking out at 25% of the time. Um, Toronto strikes out relatively high. And Baltimore, you know, has a pretty good hitting environment now that – or a pretty good pitcher's environment now that the walls have um, gone right, seven. But, like, there are dudes out on the waiver wire that strike out a bunch of guys. So, if, if we're holding a guy for one category, I need something else. I need the I, ratios not to tank my – I mean, his whip is astronomical. Yeah, I don't, I know, but like it's also it's the ratios, but it's the expected improvements that could be coming to improve the ratios. I don't disagree. Like there's nothing suggesting that like Chris Sale's ratios are like, well, he's just been bit by a couple home runs. Like that's not happened. He's walking a lot of guys, whatever. But the expected numbers and the peripheral stats are just flat out telling us that he's been unlucky. And maybe that unluck just, it just happens sometimes. Like he might just go through a full year. He might be washed. All these things are possible. I also think we're only three starts into the year. I think it is also possible that Chris Sale is just getting used to being an everyday starter again, considering he hasn't pitched in three years really. So um, I think a, a good debate there. Uh, I think, Honestly, like you have all the leverage in this debate, truthfully, and I and I can't fault for anyone for for dropping Chris Sale. I cannot. I currently own Chris Sale in a league, and it is pulling at my like, what do I do? Do I drop him? Do I keep him? Um, I think it's you know worth seeing seeing it through for a couple more starts. Um, maybe not someone we're looking to see through anymore is. Nick Martinez uh, of the San Diego Padres, who is towing the rubber rubber on Thursday night. Um, a lot of hype on Nick Martinez last year when he returned from the KBO after dominating the KBO. And, you know, we've seen some good stories leave baseball 
and come back. Chris Flexen did the same thing. He looked terrible in professional baseball, went to the KBO, did extremely well, came back, and has been a pretty solid every fifth day starter for the Seattle Mariners. Nick Martinez has not been that guy. He was much better in the bullpen last year. Matt, let me guess. Let me just ask you flat out. It's only a matter of time before we see Nick Martinez back in the bullpen, right? Yeah, I think he's only there because they have to have a fifth starter, right? Yep. They don't have anybody else. Who would you rather drop from San Diego, Blake Snell or Nick Martinez? Oh, I'm, yeah, I mean, we're just – Blake Snell has the Cy Young to hang, hang his hat on. <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing. If, if Nick Martinez goes back to the bullpen and the numbers improve – yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm keeping. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm not saying Blake Snell has been good. I mean, but Nick Martinez and, right now is, if you can drop him, you need to. I'm in a league with him, and I, I, it's a league where I can't make moves, so I am stuck, stuck riding that unfortunate roller coaster. Um, but yeah, like if if you're swapping, here's an idea. Somebody drops Chris Hale, go pick him up for Nick Martinez. I'd be fine with that. I know I just told you to drop him, but at least, like like James said, at least there's signs of life. Like if you're desperate and you're like in a ten teamer, then you can drop Chris Hale. I don't think anybody's gonna go pick that guy up right now. But like in deeper formats, I would make them. You know, it, you're dropping Nick Martinez and go and find somebody else. I think I actually, I, like, I, I actually think you could look to someone on his team. And that is Seth Lugo, who has started the year off pretty well. And they're kind of running a six-man rotation. I mean, Ryan Weathers, who knows? Who knows? Losing Roberto Perez for the year is going to hurt them, though. Right. Um, and who knows Weathers or not he's going to stay in the rotation. But um, oh, come on, no reaction? I mean, who knows whether or not he's going to. Uh, anyways, anyways. Your dad jokes um, need some work, though, Grande. They do. They do. Um, Seth Lugo has never necessarily been a starter. Um, yeah, not really. He was a since his. Yeah, since his like second year in baseball, which was 2017. Um, but 13 innings so far, 138 ERA. Like, yes. You know, his expected ERA is two runs higher. But if you were to tell me Seth Lugo had a 3-6 ERA with almost a strikeout per inning with two wins and, like, the Padres offense backing him, I could see myself. I would rather have Seth Lugo than Nick Martinez at this point. Yeah, probably. I would take that. Um, let's talk about a pair of uh, – let's let's wrap it up here with, uh, with a, a Mets discussion because there is a loud – conversation yeah. going on right now uh with yes. the Mets situation and it is really just with the roster in general and who's on it and who's not and it's mostly revolving around the bottom of the order because after you get after behind Jeff McNeil there's nothing reliable for the Mets um unless well, Tommy Pham's in the lineup against lefties Mark Canna he's not doing it anymore Eduardo Escobar fell off a cliff when he you know what? On the Mets last you know what? Year. Eduardo Escobar's WRC plus is right now. Uh, I can only imagine. One hundred is league average. Eduardo Escobar's WRC plus right now is one. Okay, so one. you and I are only one. <laughs> we are only trailing Eduardo Escobar by one. So let's let's get in a couple plate appearances and see what we can do, Matt. Um, 
That's probably only because he has a home run. If he didn't have that, <laughs> it, it might be negative. So the discussion is what the Mets have in AAA. If you are an owner, a rosterer of the likes of Mark Canna, Eduardo Escobar, or if you are playing in a deeper format, because these guys are not available in Dynasty, if you are just floating around with a 10-man bench, 30-man roster, however it shakes out, would you drop the likes of Escobar and Canna, and would you pick up the likes of Brett Beatty and Mark Vientos? Or Ronnie Mauricio, or whoever the Mets are going to call up in the next, I don't know, few days, mainly Beatty and Vientos. So I would be all over Beatty. Um, the guy is crushing it, even though he missed a few days in AAA with a thumb issue. He came back. He's hitting like 333 since crushing baseballs. Uh, I wrote about two of these guys in the prospect report this week as a pair of call-ups that could be made. I don't know where they're going to find room on the 26-man roster. I'm sure there's some injury that could be, you know, faked um, to, to bring them up. But Batty, you know, people wanted him to break camp with the team. And there was really no reason why he shouldn't have. And then he's done nothing to dissuade that argument at AAA. So he could come up and easily take third base. Here's where things get interesting. You want a two-for-one? Call up Beatty and Mauricio. Why? Because Mauricio, who's at shortstop, you're not going to play him at shortstop. He's not overtaking Francisco. No shot. You're not going to play him at second base because he's not taking over Jeff McNeil, who you just extended. Right. So here's the thing. He's Mauricio's like six foot three. That's a little too tall to be a shortstop on an everyday basis yes i know we saw cal do it i know we saw jeter do it but what was their big problems defense right yep. can't be playing every day shortstop defense at six foot three here's the thing he's got a cannon for an arm like 65 grade arm so move him to third base where the arm plays he doesn't have a great hit tool but he's good enough to make contact and when he does he hits it a fairly long way so that profiles his third base too so move him there Put Beatty and Letfield take Kana out of the lineup. You got two young guys to help out the bottom of that order, along with Francisco Alvarez, whenever the hell you want to play him over Thomas Nito. And um, then you get Escobar and Kana out of the lineup. That feels like a pretty good solution. And one and that the answer could be trade bait to go help you with your pitching staff. Right. Um, who apparently is just going to fall apart right before the season starts and hurt all my fantasy teams. Anyways, Matt, uh, let's finish this one off with a little streamer talk as we head into the weekend. Um, who is, you know, you and I nailed it last weekend. Colby, not so much. We don't want to tell it. We won't say not so much. Didn't nail it. Yeah, he picked on his own team and his own team. Picked on his own team and his team. Yes. You know what? You know what? Smart on Colby. You know why? Because he couldn't lose in that scenario. Right. Because either you win with your streamer pick or you or your team wins the Kobe is Kobe is twenty steps ahead of us, he's, huh? He's playing chess, man. We are playing checkers, and Kobe's playing chess. Um, no wonder he has so many vacations. Dude is just smart, you know. Um, thinks <laughs> thinks ahead of thinks ahead of the, the whole world. Um, Matt, who is your top streamer heading into this weekend of action? Yeah, so on Sunday we get the um, the you know third game in the White Sox O's series. I'm going to take the O starter, Grayson Rodriguez. Yes, 
he got a little bit hit against the Rangers. Okay, sure. But if you actually watch that game, it was not badly pitched. He pitched pretty well. He just got beat on some, frankly, bad pitches by a good offense. Not to mention, he not only was he sweating making his MLB debut near his hometown, he was also doing it against Jacob deGrom, which right. trying to go pitch for pitch with deGrom is, you know, hell, there are there are Cy Young starters that can't do that. Right. Uh, the White Sox, we just talked about how messed up their their lineup is, right? No Eloy, yep. Yohan Makata may or may not play. Tim Anderson's not there. Um, it's not as if Elvis Andrews has been doing all that much at second base, right? Um, so I'm going to take – Grayson Rodriguez going against a banged up, beat up White Sox offense that's been struggling uh, and who can be struck out. So I'm going to go with, with Gray Rod. I love it right now. Um, I, lo- I love him right now. Get his innings. Get Use him now while you can. Cause, right. He's almost uh, assuredly on a on an innings limit. No question. No almost question. assuredly. Yeah. No question. No, no, no official announcement, but like. The man pitched ninety something innings last year. Yeah, he's yeah. not going above one thirty. No, he's no. no way. If and one thirty might be. Yeah, it might be more like one twenty. I don't know. Colby yeah. and I talked about it on an earlier season, earlier season pod. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, a veteran of sorts. One guy who we didn't really see much of last year due to injury, but he had a very good 2021 season as my uh, my curtains hit me in the in the arm i'm now dealing with uh ulnar an ulnar <laughs> injury after my curtain just hit me in the left elbow uh but anthony disclafani has started off his 2023 campaign very sharp um 073 era and two starts uh xfip of 282 so he's looked really good 52 percent ground ball rate everything suggesting that Ain't nothing leaving this ballpark when Anthony Disclafani's on the mound. No home runs through two starts. And he gets the Detroit Tigers here, Matt, who rank, uh, as you mentioned, I mean, your whole Chris Sale segment was spent crapping on the Tigers. It wasn't actually crapping on Chris Sale. It was just, it was, it was more shots at the Tigers. It was more shot at the Tigers. They have the, they are the only team in Major League Baseball right now with a sub 600 team OPS. It is 560. It's not even that close. Um, nope. We are closer to rounding down to 500 than we are uh, rounding up to 600. Uh, they also have a 27.1% team K rate, second highest in the league. Uh, Discofani not known for his strikeouts all that much, but uh, it could be in line for some uh, – there could be some serious strikeout equity here. Matt, before we get out of here, any uh, any final thoughts for the uh, fine people at Fantasy Alarm? Uh, no, I mean, you know, we'll be back with another edition of the uh... – MLB podcast on Monday. You know, I had pretty good luck with my streamer last week. Hopefully I have good luck with my streamer this week. Uh, you can also catch my NASCAR stuff this weekend too. They're, they're at Martinsville. Chase Elliott's back. So have fun with that one. Oh uh, yeah. Matt, Matt is the uh, one, two, three time NASCAR writer of the year. In case you guys didn't know that three time. Uh, I know what did Booker T used to say? Booker T said five time, five time. Five for all those old uh, wrestling fans. Uh, Matt is soon to be five time. I mean, that's only inevitable. But um, also for all those uh, that are listening for the first time or have been longtime listeners, please subscribe. Please uh, support us in any way you can. Hit the thumbs up button on this YouTube video below. Um, it goes a long way to ranking us uh, higher in the algorithm. Shout out to 
everyone that supports us daily with the subscriptions, with the likes, every time we post this podcast and whatever platform you do um, intake our podcast and this podcast specifically, please go ahead and, and hit that uh, subscribe button and even turn on your notifications too. You know, you could, every time we post this podcast, it goes live um, and all that good stuff. Uh, Matt, big shout out to you. You and Colby will be back for Monday's episode. I'm I'm just the Thursday guy. Like they just call me up from the bullpen. I I have only a couple options left before I can be sent back. You know, before they have to keep me. Um, He's like the Taj Bradley. He shows up, does well, and we send them back to the miters and call them back five days later. Yep, yep. But don't forget, you know, (laughs) we only have so many options with me. So like we can't. You know, I only got a couple more send send downs left. Um, But big shout out to you. Big shout out to the family. Um, Big shout out to Colby uh, and. Matt and Colby will be back on Monday for the podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you guys next week. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.